Welcome to another Bitcoin and Beyond podcast. I'm Ben Kastner. This podcast is powered by AAX, the first exchange to make the switch to the Satoshi standard to drive the adoption of Bitcoin. Don't forget to follow us here, as well as across all our social media, and be part of the conversation. The Greek polis, a city-state. It's considered by most historians to be, to be the kind of prototype of, of the modern structure of Western society. As an enclosed city, each polis would have its own political system, its own economy, its own military, um, its own local political weight, and of course its own relationships with, you know, with, with neighbors around the state. Most Greek city-states, like Athens or say Sparta, they were practically always at war with each other and they formed the fractured political landscape of ancient Greece. But even today, you know, if we look around us, we can see the internal bickering and rivalry and we see growing warmongering and, and ever sharper rhetoric directed at both adversaries and so-called allies. And we see it across the social political spectrum. And I think it resembles much of those pre-modern, uh, pre-modern conditions. With the United States growing ever more divided by interracial and bipartisan strife, or the European Union, which is basically bordering authoritarianism, it's becoming obvious that new instruments of, of social governance and leverage over the elites are needed to prevent the world from sliding into, into deeper conflict, you could say. The advent of such a populist means of social governance, it may be beckoning as decentralized or permissionless currencies are proving to be you know, among the most powerful disruptive forces that you could say both governments and their financial vassals fear. More so than in the days of, of say, WikiLeaks. You know, in 2021, we have seen Bitcoin starting to impact the political sphere and actually impinging on the narrative. And the stiff resistance that we see against Bitcoin um, from all layers of governance and, um, and institutions you know, this is evidence of its growing, growing power. While most attention today is given to crypto as an asset class that is gaining traction in the context of, of say, a larger macroeconomic process driven by the threat of, of real inflation, hyper-digitalization, or just a general state of social disorientation, um, less attention is given to the kind of political processes that are likely to proliferate over the coming years. The more Bitcoin and, and permissionless networks take root, the more influence and attention libertarian principles like decentralization will be gaining. So if we look at El Salvador, right, the, the Republic of El Salvador, it is, it is a tiny nation in Central America, but it's this nation that proved to be the state with the most political will and vision when it announced the adoption of Bitcoin as a legal means of payment in September 2021. President Nayib Bukele later announced plans to build Bitcoin City in the country's eastern area of La Union. Bitcoin City is likely to become a tax haven for wealthy crypto investors. Why not? Because it will be tax-free, uh, except for a 10% VAT. The construction of Bitcoin City is to be funded by $1 billion worth of Bitcoin bonds issued on Blockstream. Bitcoin is a significant innovation, not just in terms of streamlining power, but also in offering the opportunity for countries and communities on the periphery 
to really assert their sovereignty and to reinvent their economy and to engage in, in new forms of local wealth generation. If we look at game theory, you know, game theory suggests that smaller, developing nations will be the first movers to give shape to this new paradigm, having recognized its potential for kickstarting economies. Larger institutions, however, and economies will be forced to join as Bitcoin starts eating away at the status quo. While Bitcoin plays a central role in the decentralization arena as a paragon of virtue and a role model, you could say, um, there is room, plenty of room, for innovation on top of Bitcoin that allows for more utility and scalability for more localized applications. The Lightning Network is a well-known example of, of kind of how we can improve on top of the Bitcoin network. And so it offers a layer two payment solution intended to enable fast transactions among participating nodes. Um, and it was designed to basically solve the scalability problem. But projects like Stacks are also gaining traction. Designed as a blockchain linked to Bitcoin through its consensus mechanism, Stacks leverages the security and appeal of the Bitcoin network, while it also opens up new opportunities for DAP deployment on top of it. The largely fragmented blockchain network space might be said to resemble the, politi the political landscape of, of ancient Greece with its many city-states. And it seems modern society is starting now to mimic that structure in its method of applying decentralized technologies. The latest trend on city coins, for example, taps into a demand for self-sovereignty in economic terms. The concept of a city coin entails the issuance of cryptocurrencies that allow their, their holders to support their favorite city while earning yield in Bitcoin and Stacks tokens. Currently, Miami, Austin, and New York City seem to be endorsing their own city-based cryptocurrencies made possible through the Stacks protocol, which powers uh, the project. Miami Coin, for example, or MIA. This was the first city coin, which was launched in August of this year, and it generated approximately 21.3 million US dollars, which, which is promising to say the least. Uh, it's also encouraged other cities to get on board. So, you know, we've heard about New York City coin and now we're hearing about Austin coin. Satoshi Nakamoto, you know, he devised a network that could be borderless or that is borderless and that could serve the whole world. And while, while he referenced sidechains and other such projects that would be integrated with Bitcoin, you know, some might say that, that city coins in a way kind of, you know, diverge from Satoshi's initial purpose. But it might also be the case that these projects help to further drive different jurisdictions to actually, you know, transition to a crypto-based economy um, where Bitcoin acts as the principal layer. While Blockstream's CEO, Samson Mao, uh, who also spoke at our recent Bitcoin and Beyond Summit, um, you know, while he stated that Bitcoin City is going to make El Salvador the financial center of the world, most politicians um, have been less enthusiastic about the growing influence of Bitcoin on the global stage. The most recent example would be Hillary Clinton. You know, she was pretty harsh on Bitcoin adoption and its undermining of the dwindling dominance of the US dollar on the global economic stage. So here's what she said. What looks like uh, a very interesting and, and somewhat exotic uh, effort to 
uh, literally mine uh, new coins in order to trade with them has the potential for undermining uh, currencies, for undermining the uh, uh, role of the dollar as the reserve currency, for destabilizing nations, perhaps starting with small ones, but going much larger. Of course, um, you know, Hillary did not miss the chance to weave in some of her own uh, party agenda uh, and kind of the geopolitical uh, agenda into her, into her rhetoric. We're looking at uh, not only states such as China or uh, Russia or others uh, manipulating technology of all kinds to their advantage. We're looking at non-state actors, either in concert with states or on their own, destabilizing countries, destabilizing the dollar as the reserve currency. El Salvador's ambassador to the United States, uh, Milena Mayorga, she proved that smaller countries, you know, have the wisdom to stay their course, not just the wisdom, also the courage to stay their course into the future for their societies. And she did so when she responded to, to you know, all these comments uh, following President Bukele's announcement of Bitcoin City. I think we have to have the conversation, but we are, you know, an independent country. So they have uh, to accept our, move our movements and understand that we have, we are wanting to to take El Salvador to a different level and with the definitional system. Well, since we're at it, we may as well listen to some more comments, this time by, by Lagarde, who is the current president of the European Central Bank, um, you know, formerly in charge of the IMF, and, you know, who, who may or may not be, be known for her trustworthiness. The term gerontocracy is starting to show its relevance on the global political stage, where innovation and, and much needed change are being disregarded in favor of persisting old feuds and courses that are no longer viable in the context of progress. Crypto is not fragmenting the economy, as Hillary Clinton believes. Instead, it is offering a more democratic approach to governance of a system that is both ossified and not efficient in light of modern requirements and opportunities. Today, we stand at the precipice of changes that are just as significant as when the world moved off the gold standard or when the Bretton Woods Agreement was reached post-World War II. But the changes ahead are even more profound and they will be affecting the lifeblood of the global political system at its core. We're talking about finance, the sole and most important instrument of leverage the political elites do not want to let go.